0: Thank you for tuning in to Morning Moments with Pastor Bruce Goddard from Faith Baptist Church. We pray that this is a blessing to you. Welcome and thanks for taking a few minutes to join us today. And I hope that you're having a great day already. Hope you spent some time with God already. He's obviously the one that uh, we need and is the one most often neglected and uh, foolishly neglected on our parts. But what a great God we serve, and uh, today uh, I'm going to be in Romans 1 for a minute or two, but before we get there, I want to take just a moment, and I've been sharing memories around our um, 40th anniversary, and of course a lot of them are old in the early days, um, around the, the uh, Sunday school building, um, going toward the Spanish church, there's a wall with some pictures on it. And um, I believe everybody in that wall is in heaven. Some people put up a couple of re- more recent pictures, but I think everybody's in heaven. And for a long time, there was a picture there that um, I had asked someone to put up, and, and I'd asked about getting a plaque or something, names, and, and the names never got up. So people, they look at this old guy, bald-headed guy, and um, they people say, is that is that a famous preacher or somebody? And later on, several other people, preachers that had been very influential in our ministry uh, their pictures were up there but um, uh, no is not that uh, not a famous preacher his name's Grover Grover Hopper and when when we were early early on in our church we had a dear lady get in an accident and um, she was the one who basically started our rest home ministry because um i started going over there with some teenagers on wednesday afternoons after school and um, and um they liked us coming out and the kids would sing and visit and it's, you know young people are a pleasure they brighten up a place and so um we started bringing some people along you know on, on saturday we'd go and he just basically anybody want to go to the restroom join us well grover he was, uh, his, he'd lost his wife years before and he had some family, but he came to church alone and just a, just a great guy, uh, real quiet. He was one of our ushers and um, Grover went out with us a few times on Saturday. Well, I found out after a while that he'd been going two or three times a week driving in to Cypress Gardens convalescent home. And I said, what are you doing? He said, well, I'll write letters for people that aren't able to write anymore. He said, sometimes I go to the store, pick up some things that they can't get. And um, he was just ministering to these people who were in that rest home, the convalescent home. And um, he'd go with us when we'd sing and preach, but he'd go on his own. And I thought, man, I need to get this guy in our budget to get him gas money. Uh, It's a I don't know how far it was. It'd be a, close to an hour drive. Grover Hopper was such a pleasure. And um, he, he really took the initiative of, of loving people that the rest of the world had, in a way, forgotten about. And um, um, an usher, a, a servant, uh, just a great guy. And he was he brought to our church some of that old-school, old-fashioned American man, um, just a manly, gracious, strong, humble, um, just and a servant, a servant. And, um, and I think of the number of people that God has brought across our paths. Of course, Grover's been in heaven for many years now, um, not too many years ago, in the last five years, I'm guessing, a gal showed up at church one day just visiting that day and uh, we got talking and she said my grandpa used to come here i said who's your grandpa and she said grover hopper and i couldn't believe it and um he talked about our church all the time he loved our church and and just gave himself to the ministry And we got a chance to meet his daughter and and um i'm just so thankful for people that god brought into our lives into the church and and every person like that helped build the, the, the church you know a, a giant building is lots of bricks or a brick wall is lots of bricks and and some are underground you don't see they're down in the footings and and um there's an awful lot of people that gave of their t- their selves their time their their energies and i just can't um, i can't thank god enough for the people that um that have loved and served at our church and and I, I there's so many, and and um, anyway, I could talk and talk about people who've uh, been so special, but uh, today I want to take a moment and talk about something that, uh, oh, every few years uh, something happens in our country, there's a, uh, somebody goes into a uh, drives their car into a parade, they go into a McDonald's and shoot it up, like Some somebody goes into a school and, and shoots people, and um, somebody makes a bomb and blows something up and those are tragic things and horrible tragedies and and i heard um not long ago um political leaders saying we have a mental health crisis and that's why we have these things and of course the liberals their their solution is you gotta you gotta get rid of guns and and but you know what that's not going to help the guy who ran his car through the parade or the people who built the bomb out of fertilizer and blew up a building and um, no, we, we don't have a gun problem. We have a heart problem. And to just think with me for a minute. Um, you, you take the Bible and prayer out of schools. And so you take away that regular reminding that there is a God. It's appointed to men once to die and after this the judgment. Um, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Those kind of verses, uh, you take those things out, and you, so you take the Bible out, and we'll, we'll be at Romans one in a minute. But you take the Bible out, and then you put evolution in, and you start telling these kids they're animals. They're just they're just uh, advanced animals, and then the the next step, um, you've got the Bible. Then you then you start diminishing the importance of church on Sunday. It's one thing to take church and or take the Bible and prayer to school. But then the church attendance went down. People started um, playing ball games on Sunday and having Sunday sports. And so now we've lifted sports up above God and His house. And we've pulled kids out of Sunday school. And um, we've taken prayer and Bible away from kids. The things that help a young person have that north star, the things that help a young person set their moral compass, those things are, are, are being robbed, and this is back in the '60s. And um, then, as time goes on, then you start um, our our culture—not you or me, but our culture—started telling these young people that uh, that they're victims; that that life has been unfair, and you know, their daddy didn't take them to enough ball games, or the coach cut them because they, you know, the coach cut them because they're they're not any good, and uh, no coach keeps bad players in a team and no coach cuts the guts The good players because coaches want to win but um anyway that we we create a victim mentality well then you got these people um feeling poor me and then and then parents and teachers alike start um encouraging this poor you um you've been a victim and life's not been fair and, and things are so uh hard for you and you've got it worse than other people and one thing after another builds up like that. Well, then they add. In more recent years, you, you should um, people owe you. They owe you a job. I know. You, I know uh, Michael Jordan or um, some famous ball player. Um, you know they're they're getting the twenty thousand people into the stadium, and you're just selling peanuts. But you deserve the same paycheck. <laughs> they get this. People start getting this idea that they deserve something. Um, the, the participation trophies, the craziness, that somehow people start telling young people and young adults, you deserve more, you should have more. Um, they start lowering the, the score, the score keys on tests, so your scores look better, though your grades are worse. And little by little, we've got a generation of young people who have no God, no bible no church they've been taught they're just glorified animals they've been taught that they're victims people have taken advantage of them they've been taught that that uh, the world owes them something and uh, you owe me a better paycheck you owe me a paycheck without me even showing up to work and and crazy things like this and um since uh, since i don't have it and you do it's not fair that you have all that you have and i don't ever very much and so people start okaying the idea that i could steal from you or the government could steal from you and give it to me but uh, just a, a tragedy and then along the way um, they start telling parents you shouldn't discipline your children and that there's no there's no um, repercussion for sin there's no punishment for sin and uh, you that are my age and older you know I, I'm guessing every school in the country had a paddle in the principal's office. And I never had it used on me, but I'd go sit. Uh, we'd stand outside the principal's office when one of our friends was getting swats and just to, just to hear him yell out the window. And uh, we'd laugh and giggle out there, uh, elementary school kids, as our friends getting swats for doing whatever he did. And that's just unheard of today. But I'll tell you what, we feared authority and we feared doing wrong. We feared getting caught. And we knew all those things pile up, and and you realize you will get caught when you do wrong. There is a punishment for sin. Well, California's got this law, $990 or $995 or something like that. You can steal up to that much, not a day, not a week, not in your lifetime, but per store. And it's just called a misdemeanor. And uh, they just write you a ticket and and, uh, paperless bail. They just let you go so there's no sting there's no bite there's no fear there's no dread and and so we've raised a, a generation of of young people who are of course adults now and then they've raised kids where where our um our young people they don't think about god they don't think about the bible and, the, and of course the the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom uh the word of god is that quick and powerful thing that discerns between the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And um, we get thinking the world's not been fair to us and the world's been unfair and everybody else has got it better than me or a big segment of society's got it better than me and I've been mistreated and, and it's not fair. And, um, and then, we're, then we've, for a decades now, for a generation, uh, we've taken discipline out of the homes and discipline out of the schools and told people you're going to hurt their little self-image and i can tell you their the image their self-image isn't hurt there's another spot they got hurt when people were disciplined properly but uh, all that to say you tell them they're an animal through evolution you raise them with with no punishment for wrongdoing you raise them with no god that they're accountable to and you fill them with bitterness because life has been hard and life is unfair and 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 you do all of that and then you wonder why somebody'd run their car down the through a parade or shoot up a school or a McDonald's well we've we've trained animals we've just we've trained the evil things that people do the things i wouldn't even talk about vile and corrupt things that people do why would they they do these shameful things well because we've trained them to be animals we've trained them to be victims we've trained them to be animals we've trained them that there's no judgment or punishment of sin there's no fear of god well just take a moment and um i want you to look at romans chapter 1 with me and uh, romans chapter 1 in verse 21 because that when they knew god they glorified him not as god neither were thankful that's where it all begins when people know good and well in their heart there's a god and they ignore it and they push that they suppress that and they push him out and um And they're not going to be thankful to God. But they become, in verse 21, they become vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart is darkened. And this darkness begins to creep into their hearts and lives. Why? Because they push God out and God is light. And they resist the idea of God. They resist the knowledge of God. And they push God out of their lives. Their foolish heart is darkened. Well, then verse 22, that professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And so now we've got people who act like they're so smart and i don't care if they're a phd or if they're a they're sitting in a jail cell and just capable of arguing their point they sound so smart and they have so many um logical reasons and yet they're fools they're just fools and they're they're all over today they've got their college degrees and they're telling people that they don't know what gender they are um they they've got their uh, uh decades of professorship at universities and um and yet they're they they're trying to explain away creation and and space and and uh, they're just they're they're fools. They're just fools. Then you go go on down in verse twenty three, and they change the glory of the incorruptible God um, and made it like into four footed beasts. I'm skipping a few words there. Well, that's evolution. That's instead of giving God glory, now we begin to bring glory to the creation, and then they go on down. Um, to verse 25, "...who changed the truth of God into a lion worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever." And see, the next step is you start being a, an earth worshiper or a, a plant worshiper or an animal worshiper. And people, you know, they're fighting to defend a redwood tree or a fairy shrimp or an otter. And I, and I love the world. I love nature around us. It's incredible. But God made the, the Garden of Eden... And he didn't leave it that way because he wanted something, and what he wanted was fellowship with man. The garden was for man to enjoy, and um, he put Eve in there so man and woman could enjoy being together, enjoy the garden. But why were they there? They were there for fellowship with God. Why are you and I here today for fellowship with God? Now, here's what happens. You keep telling people in their head. All you can do is talk to their head. You tell them over and over and over they're an animal and in their heart their conscience says no there's a god and and you're going to face him one day and um over and over and over people will 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 say there's no accountability there's no judgment there's no life after death and don't worry about it you've been treated wrong and our conscience tells us better over there in romans chapter 2 their conscience bears witness against them accusing or excusing them And so what happens now? You've got this terrible conflict between their head and the heart. And their heart is darkened, and they're deep in their soul, they know there's a God, and deep in their soul, they know they're accountable to God, and deep in their soul, they know they've done wrong. And and now there's this war, this conflict going on. And so and and they're angry. Who do they blame? They don't want to blame themselves. And they can't see God to blame him, so they start blaming society, and they blame their parents, or they blame their school. And you get people shooting people, you get people torturing people, and burning down buildings because they're angry. I'll tell you, they're angry because they won't humble themselves in the sight of the Lord. You want to solve this mess? We need to get back to the great commandment to love God, just to love God and acknowledge God and give him glory. God will take care of it. He'll fix this thing up. We get our hearts right with God. That bitterness, that jealousy, that anger, that wrath, vengeance, that I'm going to get even, I'm going to, uh, you know, none of that stuff makes people happy. Uh, There's a peace that passes all understanding you can find at the throne of grace, getting near to God, and you'll find a peace that passes understanding. Have a great day. Thanks for spending a few minutes with me today. Look forward to crossing paths again real soon.